Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. All right, folks. This is a get through it episode of Fantasy NBA Today. I am Dan Bespris, and I have been sicker than sick. Uh, Still am, by all accounts, Um, but I'm up right now for the first time in about two days. Uh, it's been, it's been a tough stretch and the, the real, I mean, obviously being terribly ill, uh, has been crummy in and of itself, but today was supposed to be kind of a, uh, and I, I guess it still is. It's a big announcement day on the show. Um, and I was hoping that I'd have the energy to really bring the heat and the fire, but I don't, I don't, I don't have the energy. I think over the last two full days, over the last 48 hours, I've consumed a slice of bread with some sun butter on it and a uh, bowl of chicken broth and then like copious amounts of Pedialyte. It's been, it's been a tough go, but... The big news, before we get into a little uh, weekend 30-team review, is that uh, the Sports Ethos Pod Network is joining forces with the Believe Pod Network. Uh, And so you'll see over the next couple of weeks, our shows migrating over to the Believe platform. Um, you'll probably see some, uh, little logos get tossed in on things. You'll see some more cross promotional stuff. You could actually, uh, as far as like how you get the podcast, that shouldn't change at all. Should still just remain available on all the traditional podcast channels. We're just very excited to join forces with a, also like us, relatively young organization. No sports ethos hoop ball. We're only like six, seven years old. Believe I think is a little bit less than that or uh, close to the same, um, And they have ways of helping power boost our stuff. And uh, we bring to them an array of sports teams and fantasy angles that uh, hopefully they didn't have before. And um, it's a symbiotic relationship. So very excited about that. Even if it's not as obvious as it should be in the tone of my voice because I don't really have the strength to do this (laughs) the way that it deserves to be done. But we are indeed very excited about that. I am Dan Baspers. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation. We have a lot to cover, and I don't know when I'm going to tucker out, so let's just dive straight into it. Um, please do like, rate, subscribe, all that good stuff, and uh, let's start talking about the games over the weekend. As <laughs> my kids beat the piss out of each other in the next room over. Um... San Antonio at Cleveland, which is, uh, this is a reverse chronological action. We'll go through all the games that happened yesterday. We'll go through the games that happened Saturday, and we'll just get you caught up basically on all the team's most recent activity, and then we'll put a pin in this one. I don't believe we're going to have a weekly preview show this week. I, 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 again, I just, this is no way I could do two shows today. Um, doing my best just to get through one, but one of the big pieces of news over the weekend that I'm actually quite sad I was uh, too laid out on a bathroom floor to do anything about is that Trey Jones got a spot start in one ball game for San Antonio when Malachi Branham was out. Uh, Branham came back and Jones continued to start, which is something we were looking for basically all season because they're so, so much better when he's running their point. And finally, Pop was like, all right, you know, we've pseudo-tanked hard enough here. Let's go make ourselves a little bit competitive. And lo and behold... 
in the the starters were very good in this game. Starters were basically like a plus 11, plus 12 for the Spurs in a game they lost by two. So then, don't worry, the other guys can come in and muck it up at some point. Um, but this feels like something that if the Spurs actually want to be competitive and they want to sort of get the best versions of Devin Vassell and Victor Wembanyama and that starting five, Trey Jones is someone that could stick possibly the rest of the season, although San Antonio changes their lineups every four games, so don't get too excited, but he's a must-add play right now. Um, and he's probably the biggest piece of news from like a non-injury replacement standpoint from the last two to three days of basketball, so it's nice that we get to knock that out right from the outset. Uh, Keldon Johnson, as expected, has mostly fallen off. He's still scoring, but he's kind of turned back into last year's version of Keldon Johnson, which is outside the top 110. Eh, If he does what he does for your team and you're okay with that, that's fine. Um, Devin Vassell's been markedly better of late. I know I say sell guys on the Spurs whenever they have good ball games, but Vassell, uh, again, with him, with a point guard alongside of him, I have much greater trust. Uh, I don't know that he... Yeah, I mean, I guess what he's doing is relatively repeatable now that Keldon Johnson's on the bench, so uh, I'm going to take the sell-high moniker off of Vassell because I like how he fits in these lineups better than how he fit in the other ones. Jared Allen is into the 40s in per-game rank on the year. He's come on. We kind of always knew that was going to be the case, so that's good. Karis LeVert, good, filling in for Darius Garland. Max Struess, I was hoping he was having a few games in a row where he shot the ball better. Uh, he's just, he's slumping, man. I thought, you know, you figured that one game was going to be the one to get him cooking, and it didn't really. But luckily, he's getting boards, he's getting assists, he's getting defensive stats. There's no reason to move on. He's number 93 in 9-cat on the season. Everybody has slumps. It'll be okay. Portland at Brooklyn. Uh, Duop Reith played 41 minutes. Uh, this hasn't been a consistent thing for him while filling in for DeAndre Ayton, who, you know, I don't really know when he's going to come back. But Reith's minutes have been all over the map. 32, missed three games with an injury, 6, 27, 41. It really depends a lot on how he's playing on any given night. Um, I Anybody that looks at this one ball game and is like, oh, he's a sure bet to be great in the next one. No, nah, I mean, no, that's uh, no, that's not how it works. Um, I think he probably qualifies as someone you could use as a fill-in, see what happens, but don't expect it to be this good. And this was an overtime game on top of everything else. Jeremy Grant, Anthony Simons, um, Shaden Sharp, 40 minutes off the bench. But when all of those guys and Scoot Henderson, when all those guys are healthy, Malcolm Brogdon slides back into sort of that veteran leader role. you got to figure Portland's going to play Brogdon less leading up to the trade deadline, which I believe is a month away right now. Um, and they're going to want to try to get something for him. And that'll be easier if he's healthy. So expect Malcolm Brogdon to continue to trend down with the Blazers getting healthy. Henderson is going to very slowly continue to kind of figure things out. Uh, And you guys know my feelings on the rest of the dudes on that team, so I don't think we need to go over those all around again. Mikhail Bridges at 42, playing the Blazers doesn't hurt, but he was also one of the easiest buy-low guys in the history of time. Uh, He'll probably have a few more good ballgames as well. Daron Sharp got hurt. That means it's just going to be more Nick Claxton. You'll see a little bit more Dorian Finney-Smith as well when minutes open up at the big man spots. Finney-Smith is not an ad. Cam Johnson continues to be okay. 
Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. is also worth mentioning. He's played really well for Brooklyn over the last two or three ball games. Fouled out of this one in 29 minutes. Uh, don't be too surprised if you see them run small and more Dennis Smith Jr. because he's been facilitating well. Um, he didn't rebound in this ball game, but he's a pretty good rebounding guard. Steals gets those. I don't think that he's what you'd call sort of like a must-add, but I think from a speculative standpoint, I'm good with picking up Dennis Smith Jr. just to kind of see how it goes. And I make a mental note to myself, because I didn't really do anything for my fantasy teams. Lying on the bathroom floor, I got my phone in my hand. I'm just like, okay, let's make sure that all the superstars are in. And then went back to napping on the floor. Uh, New Orleans blew out Sacramento. Uh, I don't think you have to read too much into this ball game. One thing I will say is that C.J. McCollum is still number 21, He's sticking it right in my face with his three and a half threes, 2.1 defensive stats, and uh, just really good stuff all the way around. And he's he's steering that ship, and uh, Pels are pretty good when he's around. And then not surprisingly here, uh, well, Zion was out for this ballgame, and then the blowout minute screwed everything up. But Herb Jones, we've seen he just, when Trey Murphy is around, it's almost like he just doesn't do the stuff that he knows how to do. I can't figure. Anyway, uh, again, move on from this ball game. This game was over very early. Let's go to Atlanta, Orlando. Did you guys know Garrison Matthews was on the Hawks? I didn't know Garrison Matthews was on the Hawks. Anyway, he got hurt in this ball game. Uh, nothing else changes on the Atlanta side. Not at least until DeAndre Hunter comes back. Uh, Orlando, Caleb Houston. Filling in for Franz Wagner. Had 25 points and seven three-pointers. I I mean, he's 7 for 14 from downtown in this ballgame. You simply can't expect that to happen on a day-to-day basis. Uh, no Wendell Carter Jr. in this one, so Batadze and Mo Wagner got bigger minutes, like all that time when Wendell was out before. That usually meant that Goga was playable, but we'll see if it's longer than a very short-term thing. Jalen Suggs, still good. No problem there. Cole Anthony... Uh, had plenty to do, but it didn't do a whole lot with it. Uh, with Gary Harris out and with Franz Wagner out, you've got to assume that Cole Anthony should have enough to do. But then Markel Fultz also came back, played 15 uninspiring minutes, but they'll work him back in slowly here. Two boards, four assists, one steal. I'm not in the you need to stash Fultz group of people. I I don't I don't know that he gets inside the top 100. Especially with, I mean, unless Orlando kind of thins the ranks a little bit, an injury has done a, t- a tiny bit of that, but I also don't think they're going to push faults coming off of an injury that cost him, what, like eight weeks? He hadn't played in forever. I don't think you need to stash faults in traditional nine-cat. Um, I think it's going to take a while to get him ramped up, and even once he is, I don't know that he, he breaks the 100 mark. Dallas beat Minnesota, Kyrie Irving who apparently, while he was hurt, decided he was going to get a little bit more aggressive. I like that. He's number 13 now per game after a couple of big ones. The steals, the blocks, those were the things we were always looking at. He has always been a good steals, blocks, guard. Super efficient has always been his calling card, and you're starting to see that stuff happen. Uh, still no Dante Exum. Derek Jones Jr. did enough in this ball game. He had a pretty good line. Um no Derek Lively again, and I said on a previous show, I get it. It's very hard to hold. Hold if you can on Lively, but I also understand if you can't. Dwight Powell's not an ad. Josh Green, you can kind of semi-watch list, but I, it just feels like they're really only missing like one 
well, lively. They're really only missing one wing type right now, and that's Exum. When he comes back, does he start for Josh Green? Maybe. Is there enough when Luka and Kyrie are both healthy? Eh. I'm teetering slightly towards no. But if you have those guys, you might as well just kind of ride it out. And if you don't, then I don't know that I would race out there and try to do something with it. Um, let's keep moving. Memphis beat Phoenix behind a 19-9 off the bench from Vince Williams. Go figure. No jaw in this ballgame. Marcus Smart has had two good ones in a row. I... Oh, what did I say last time? I remain not fully convinced that uh, that Smart is going to be inside the top 100. He's had these two giant games against the Lakers and then the Suns. But when Ja is healthy, and I know he was for the Laker game, but when Ja is right, we saw Smart really wasn't doing all that much. And, and you know, guys can get hot. They can hit, what did he hit, like 12 three-pointers in his last two ball games. I think you're going to see him get some steals for sure, a handful of assists here and there. Uh, it's, it's all about where the dust settles on Marcus Smart. And I, if I had to guess, I'd probably put him kind of just outside the top 100, which is probably rosterable in most formats. You know, so you had one or two good ball games, he bounces inside. Two or three bad ball games, he bounces back outside of it. You're not going to be able to figure out what day those are going to be. Obviously, you play him against the games cap when one of the other main guys is out, like if Bain missed a game or if Ja misses another ball game. Uh, when everybody's healthy, though, call it a 50-50 play. This is the power of recency bias. I know you guys are going to yell at me, like, how can you say that after guys coming off these two mega nights? Well, because two games doth not a season make. Phoenix lost, despite having their big three together. Bradley Beal was not very good. Booker and Durant were decent. Didn't blow the roof off the building or anything. Um... And I think you can hold on to Grayson Allen. Said that before. I think he's. I think he fits just fine as the other guy in this group. He's going to hit some threes. He's going to get you some defensive stats. Prototypical 3 and D. Cool, cool. Not so cool. Detroit lost Cade Cunningham early in their loss in Denver. Uh, and an E-strain feels like it's not a one-game kind of thing. What we don't really know from this one is who picks up the pieces. Because Killian Hayes probably played a little bit more than he would have. Alec Burks has been scoring a lot lately, but he's more in the kind of stream-while-warm department. Um, you might see a little more Jaden Ivey on ball, but we saw last year that's actually maybe not a great thing in 9-cat format. So uh, there's really nobody I'm racing out to pick up on the Pistons in the wake of this Cunningham news. Um, I think you can take a wait-and-see approach, roll from there. Funny little footnote on this game. Nikola Jokic, this looked like one of those games where he was like, I wonder if I can win this game without taking a shot. He took three shots, had 16 assists and five blocks, just basically messing with the Pistons, and sure enough, they beat him. Toronto went into Golden State and just spanked the Warriors. Uh, R.J. Barrett is not an ad. I don't care how good he looks for one ball game. The guy that I was watching at Toronto was Gary Trent Jr. to see if he could continue to have a role, and I don't know actually still the answer, because this one was technically a blowout. R.J. Barrett was kind of the only guy who got normal starters minutes. I don't I don't think you need to roster Gary Trent Jr. while we wait and find out, but I think you should keep a close watch on him, especially with all the Pascal Siakam trade stuff floating around, because if somebody comes back 
and Trent is ahead of said person coming back in the pecking order, then does he get to start? Does he get enough shots at that point? So it's a little bit of a stash. It's a little bit of another. And yeah, that's the Gary Trent Jr. story. Scotty Barnes finally had a bad ball game. He was due. It's okay. He's not the only one. Uh, what else we got from this ballgame? Trace Jackson Davis on the Warriors. He's a start when he's starting. We also got word that uh, Draymond Green is ramping up to a return. I think that news broke over the weekend. Then a little story today surfaced that Draymond was considering retiring instead of, like, not <laughs> uh, not hitting people in the sack or choking people out, which feels a little silly. Like, come on, Draymond, you're an adult. Just get a hold of yourself. But anyway, he'll be back in the not-too-distant future. And that's going to upset a few little apple carts, like what does it mean for Jonathan Kaminga, who I don't think is a roto-playable guy anyway. Is it going to mess up Trace Jackson Davis? Probably. He's a start while he's starting, though. Moses Moody was better in this ballgame, but hasn't done a whole lot lately. And then Steph, when Steph has a bad ballgame, the Warriors are just going to lose. Brandon Pajemski is, I think, running out of gas. Eight boards, four assists. He's always going to do that hustle stuff, but rookies don't really know how to budget their season's worth of energy. And I think you, and that's like what ends up being known as the rookie wall. But it's just that they don't sort of know how to handle the full season. They got to go a little bit softer, but he wasn't. And to his credit, you know, Pajemski's put up great lines, but I do think that he's getting a little tired. And I think you're starting to see it in the production. The field goal percent is still okay. But defensive stats are a little lower, rebounds a little lower, assists a little lower, scoring's a little lower. Everything's just tapering a tiny bit. He's a hold because Chris Paul broke a wrist over the weekend, and he's out for four to six weeks. Um, but don't be too floored if the Warriors have to kind of mix and match, give Pajemski a little time to kind of regain his wind over an upcoming game or two. Uh, don't freak out about that, but also don't be surprised if you see it happen. Lakers finally guarded somebody. Clippers were weird in this ballgame. This, uh, this was fun for me because I was able to have a TV close enough that I could watch Lakers-Clippers while still, again, laid out on a bathroom floor. Um, Ivica Zubats was awesome, and he often does this to the Lakers because they Lakers are much more keyed in on the, the Clippers' wings, and Zoo just destroys, and the Lakers don't know how to keep anybody off the offensive glass anyway because Anthony Davis is constantly protecting other dudes who played poorer defense. But the Lakers actually defended okay. Clippers will be fine if you're looking at these lines like, well, why did what happened here? Like, why did most of the Clippers shoot terribly? Kind of an off night mixed with just, like, better effort from the Lakers defensively. D'Lo played 31 minutes. This is why I said to hold because ultimately he's just better than the whack dudes that they've been playing. Looking at you, Cam Reddish. Um... I don't know why Max Christie only got 13 minutes in yesterday's game. He was one of the best defenders and floor spacers the Lakers had. I almost feel like Darvin Ham got lucky that his rotations didn't lose this game. But from a, an actual fantasy standpoint, AD and LeBron are obviously a go. You're not punting on Austin Reeves. This is a bad matchup for him. You're holding on D'Lo. Christian Wood's been playing better lately, but I don't think his minutes are ever going to get high enough to matter. And then Torian Prince is your kind of three-point streamer type. And we'll see what that means when Rui comes back, because you might see Hachimura step in there and take the Reddish minutes and take some of the Christian Wood minutes and take some of the Torian Prince minutes. Lakers remain 
a little bit in flux. All right, let's go back to Saturday. We knocked out, what, how many games were there? Nine games on Sunday, so we're a little more than halfway through the league, which is good because I, I don't think I have the energy to do more than about 30, 35 minutes on this podcast. Uh, Boston beat Indiana on the road. Uh, a number of players are resting for the Celtics coming up, so you can get a little Al Horford stream going on. That's really the only thing that happens with the Celtics on a day-to-day -day basis. For Indiana, uh, Aaron Neesmith, four more defensive stats. He's a strong hold, even if he didn't score very much in this ballgame. Buddy Heald got the start uh, because there were some dudes out on the Indiana side, and if Heald is starting, he's a start. That's kind of the way it's been so far this year. If he's not, he's not. Easy peasy, right? Let's keep moving. Knicks beat the Wizards 121-105. The Wizards did a nice job to get this lightly competitive in the fourth quarter so that, you know, the Knicks got their Tibbs minutes. That's good for the usual suspects. The Dante DiVincenzo versus Josh Hart thing is probably going to keep both of them from having top 100 value. Oh, well. Oh, man, how good has Isaiah Hardenstein been? So good. As far as the Wizards go, um, Denny Avdia is back on his heater train again. This is like how he started the season, so play him while he's warm. Um, it's just, a, again, tougher ball game. Wizards have been blown out two or three times in a row. Jordan Poole, I, don't, I just I don't know that he's ever going to wake up this year. But, you know, hold. Don't make any adjustments again. You just Anything we do with the Wizards has to be based on what happens in a competitive ball game, and at this point, nothing's really changing there, at least not yet. Utah beat the uh, Embiidless 76ers on the road. Utah's weird rotations are uh, producing a couple of wins here and there. I mentioned that I, I wasn't convinced on Fontecchio, and then this game happened, and I felt less foolish about putting that type of call out there. I don't know what the hell is going on with Walker Kessler. Utah went very small in this ballgame, and it worked. Colin Sexton is a firm hold, as long as he continues to start. Kessler's a hold, obviously. His minutes are weirdly in check. John Collins had a better ball game here, but he'd been trending down pretty uh, consistently. Um, and then it looks like maybe Kelly Olynyk is back on the outside looking in. Problem with a team like Utah is I'd love to be able to come on a show and just say, yes, this guy, this guy, this guy, not that guy, not that guy. Utah's not that cut and dry. Obviously, Larry Markinen is a start, and Kessler's a start because he can do it in, you know, 20, 22 minutes of ballgame, and Sexton is a start right now, and then everybody else is a coin flip. You know me. If I'm working against the games cap, a coin flip is a no. Head-to-head? -head, whatever. Uh, basketball, B-ball Paul had 16-6 and six and a fill-in start for MB. That was fine. Wanted some defensive stats, didn't get him. Kelly Oubre has been a really nice fill-in for DeAnthony Melton, so you can keep streaming there. Uh, Marcus Morris had a better ball game, but you're not... No, you're not... No, don't do that. Keep going. And I know that... I think everybody wanted more from Reed, but... Yeah, you're going to have to just settle with what you got. Houston got a nice win over Milwaukee. Rockets kind of needed a few good vibes and uh, for the bucks Giannis tried to do it himself dame has another little buy window open right now he had that heater got him up to like number 13 14 now he's fallen back a few slots see if you can get dame and then malik beasley as we talked about is little more than a three-point streamer and nothing else really matters for the bucks as far as the rockets go they could use some depth 
They could use some depth, uh, but I don't think it's fallen out of the sky. They started... I thought they started Jeff Green. I guess he came off the bench and just played a ton of minutes. Either way, Jeff Green got a bunch of playing time if you're looking at like a points league drop-in kind of guy. But really, we just want Tari Eason to come back and play because he's so much fun in fantasy and he hasn't played in a little bit. And that makes me sad. And now we go back to Friday and look at the teams that didn't play over the weekend. And those teams are, let's see, what do we got here? I think we've covered 26 out of the 30 teams. So we need to talk about Oklahoma City. Nothing changes there, so uh, keep moving. Charlotte and Chicago, that's one we got to talk about. We haven't discussed those two teams. Charlotte. Uh, just ruled Mark Williams out for at least another week, so they did finally give up on the whole doubtful every game tag. I still think LaMelo Ball is getting close to coming back. This is your loan opportunity to buy low on him because as soon as news breaks that he's not far away, then whoever's been holding him this whole time is going to wait and hold him. Meantime, the whole team is dead at this point. P.J. Washington left this ball game. He joins LaMelo Ball, Mark Williams, Gordon Hayward, uh, I don't know if PJ is technically part of their original starting five, but basically four of their top six rotation players are out right now. Terry Rozier and Miles Bridges are the last ones left. Brandon Miller, sort of a last one left as well. Um, Cody Martin also left this ball game early with a groin strain. I mean, there's there's legitimately nobody left. Nick Richards, you can use as a fill-in. I don't know how Charlotte's going to keep games close right now. Rozier and Miles Bridges are going to have to take about 25 shots apiece. You might see someone else step up and play 30 minutes, mostly because they have no choice, but I would wait and find out who that is before I picked him up. Zach Levine came back, and now he's right back to being questionable again. This time it's foot inflammation, shoulder soreness. Woohoo! This feels like he's about to get traded. I mean, come on. Like, was the last game, was this just the showcase? Oh, yeah, 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 Zach's fine. He came back, and now he's out again? Eh... As far as the bull go, uh, Bulls go, that's good news for Kobe White, who is always going to be better when Levine is not playing 40 minutes of ball game. Alex Caruso missed their last one, as did Patrick Williams. That means Io Sumu was a good fill-in. And uh, Andre Drummond's time is limited, as uh, Nikola Vucevic is back, and he'll be ramping up here slowly. So get ready to make some adjustments to your Bulls. If Caruso's healthy, you play him. Uh, if Levine is back out... And Caruso's in, but Patrick Williams is out. You could probably play Io. But you kind of can't make any decisions on the Bulls until you get the health report right before the ballgame starts, which we don't have right now. Uh, who else are we missing? Miami and... Is that it? Did I screw this up? Is it just Miami? I feel like I'm missing somebody, but who is it? I don't know. Anyway, for Miami, you're just you're streaming Jaime Yaquez Jr. as long as Jimmy Butler is out. Kevin Love is weirdly streamable these days. Some of it has to do with Caleb Martin and Haywood Highsmith being down, but he's been putting up decent enough numbers, and uh, that's probably where we're going to leave things. All right, I know that this was a tough one. I barely made it through. It's a shorter show today. We are, again, extremely excited to be joining the Believe Network of Pods. Uh, thank you to those that were here live. I know that this was not the best show we've ever done but you know what sometimes you just gotta get through one and hopefully i'll have more strength by tomorrow i will say that i'm starting to feel a tiny bit hungry which is a good sign whoo man it has been 
It's been a rough one out here in Bespris Town. Um, find me over on Twitter at Dan Bespris. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a Sports Ethos presentation. I'm sure there were other things I was supposed to promo, but I don't remember what they are because I'm loopy as heck. Oh, right, Manscaped, Ethos 20, 20% off and free shipping. Whoo, boy. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. I'm going to hope, hopefully we can go a two-show Tuesday. I want to get a new buy low show going. Um, I've got all these ideas of shows that I haven't either had the strength or time to do. And I also don't want to say what they are. Uh, but they will be very fun if I could ever find the time to pull them off. Okay. See you guys on social. It's easier for me to type a tweet than it is for me to do a pod right this second. But I do appreciate you guys tuning in, and we'll see you again tomorrow. So long for now. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.